never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today, I have got a beautiful guest back with me because uh, Clarissa Christiansen was with me uh, about a year ago uh, back, but her topic um, is so important and so close to my heart um, that I thought, nah, I want her back. We need to talk more about, about this this transformation that each and every woman will go through in their life and that is often yeah it is it's bizarre because women either hate it they love it they're proud of it they are ashamed every single emotion has probably been attached to menopause and it is a part of life yet it can be such a confused time for the women <laughs> for the man or for the significant other shall i say um so high time that we touch upon that that topic and see how a more holistic approach maybe could change all our lives for the better clarissa welcome to my show Oh, Stefan, thank you so much. And for having me back again to keep talking about my passion point. <laughs> or points. That's right. And it's so important because there's there's firstly in, in the medical field, we constantly learn new things. And it is actually an exciting time, 2023, to be out there because whatever I have learned when I went to university in in uh, in oh goodness, yeah, <laughs> a different century, um, there <laughs> is things have changed dramatically, and our understanding, especially in the functional medicine realm, uh, is so much nicer. So the holistic approach. How did you get into that yourself? What what triggered you in initially to go from more a school western medicine point of view to go more think wider yeah you know that's a really great question i think that you know i'm a scientist i believed in science and data and and that was kind of my background and when i came into working with people and working with women in particular i came in through mindfulness, but it was still from a very Western medicine lens. You know, when you work with a lot of Western learning around health and wellness, it's got a particular, you've got a problem, it relates to a symptom. And that's <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's how it is. And then I began to realize that there were lots of women who just were not making any progress down this route. Um, and that the root cause of their symptoms isn't necessarily just their hormone change. You know, somebody once said to me, hormones load the gun, but what pulls the trigger? And that <laughs> led, <laughs> right. led me to investigate a lot more about well, what are some of the factors to why people have the menopause that they have? Why do 20% of women have no symptoms? Why are they breezing through this time of life? And then why are 20% of women at the other end who become the noisy social media face of it having a really, really horrendous time? And then somewhere in the middle is everybody else who has a journey, which, of course, it's a journey because it's multiple years, anywhere between two to, unfortunately, for some people, 10 or 15, that goes like this. And that's where I think functional, integrative medicine approaches 
have a bit of a, a message because there we're starting to look at, well, is it diet? Is it my lifestyle? Am I so overworked and overburdened with stress that the interaction between that and the change in my hormones, which is part of natural aging as we move from ovulatory to anovulatory, I mean, that's meant to happen. Mm. What is going on here? We're not, we're not, our hormones don't, our body doesn't operate in separate parts. Mm. Yeah. We are not. Um, they're in they're in synergy. They're synergistic in the body, and therefore we need to look at other ways for um, to understand. We now know, for example, that women that have experienced trauma, um, for example, um, childhood traumas, will have potentially more difficult menopause experiences. Interesting. And that makes to a certain degree actually sense if you think about it. Um, it would be interesting to break that further down. Women who have gone through childhood trauma um, and split that up into those people who actually um, have worked through a series of approaches to help them to come to terms with them versus those who have bottled it up, etc. So yes. immediately the, the bottling up and the, the, the kind of people who never addressed it uh, in their lives, uh, no surprise that now a, a new trigger, a new uh, change is yes. very easily upsetting the system, does it not? Exactly. exactly. And I think what we are beginning to learn as well is that menopause or perimenopause should we say which is really the big hormonal change it's going to impact your brain before it impacts your body uh -huh. give us an example so we example for example we will see structural changes in the brain in important centers of the brain in the prefrontal cortex uh that happen a long time before we may have a physical symptom we're beginning to see that brains can look slightly foggy. If you look at the MRI scans, they look slightly, you know, they're bright, clear centers. And then we see them, they look a bit foggy. That can be happening before the common symptoms that have been spoken about in um, menopause take place. So we're seeing these structural changes in the brain. And often we're seeing mood-related changes come early. They're coming much earlier than many of the physical symptoms, and then the physical symptoms kick in. Mm -hmm. So we are beginning to learn that stress, trauma, um, maybe a lack of social connection, immense pressure in our lives have real significant consequences for the type of uh, so-called symptoms, if we like to, say, to talk about it in disease terms, then emerge. So should we not see the the appearance of these symptoms as messengers, uh, messages from the body to say, "Oi, you really, uh, you burned a candle on both ends for far too long. Your nutrition is shit. You never hydrate, um, and all those things." I remember the last time you actually really had a good belly laugh, and where you really uh, relaxed. Well, the last three years were horrible for many, many people out there. So, so is that is does that not automatically mean that actually the, the menopause is predictably a chaos 
or or am I uh, too too easy? Is that too too I don't know too obvious? I think that it sounds really obvious, but it's still not part of the popular cultural narrative. And I think some of that is that we've sold quick fix as a way to solve everything. We live in a very, very fast-paced world, you know, where everything is meant to have a quick fix. Hmm. And this is not really a quick fix. And, And I think that... This is this is a slow change. And we are also changing fundamentally. If what we think about it is I want to get rid of these things. This is hard for me. Ah, I'll take whatever I'm given. And sometimes that works and sometimes it work doesn't work. And sometimes it works partially. And we'll talk more about hormone replacement therapy. But change in order to restructure your diet, to exercise, yeah. to reframe your relationship with stress is not a quick process. No, and and yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Ladies first. Ladies first. No, and I would say you know we're sitting here with a figure like forty-seven percent of British women, and I don't think they're unique. Never exercise in a week. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're in a big hurdle, a big hurdle to to shift. And of course, you have got then. uh, See, what is the chicken? What is the egg? If we know that there is this cardiometabolic syndrome, and it's basically to do with inflammation within the body, with insulin resistance, those kind of things. So big words, what it means is that our lifestyle is setting our body up to fail. And that then becomes the strokes, the heart attacks, the heart failures. All those kind of things are out there that are essentially um, are caused by our lifestyle and uh-huh. uh strongly contributed yes there are genetic pre- yeah. predispositions yes um but ultimately there's so much to be said about what we do in our daily life may i ask when it comes to menopause are there genetic predispositions there are there women who just when you look into their their history their ancestry they, it's it's written <laughs> band or okay <laughs> danger ahead not necessarily you may not have the same menopause experience that your mother had or even your sister had. So there isn't a predictive model for that. And I think that does speak to the importance of lifestyle and what's going on around it. And, of course, all those factors that you talked about there, all those disease potential risks are exacerbated by the decline and change in form of estrogen in the body because estrogen plays a protective role in the body. And when it declines and changes from estradiol to estrone, so we don't go zero estrogen, even though that seems to be a popular conversation. We don't. We go to maintenance levels Mm. uh, that's required to keep the body well. Mm. But we are definitely a loss of that hyper- um, protection that's there earlier on, which of course is there from a you know a evolutionary perspective. We're meant to be stay fit and well in our most reproductive years, so that the human being can produce the next generation. I mean, it's a little yeah. bit like that at the bottom. Mm. But you think about the shift now. We're in maintenance mode mm. as we get older, and we're obviously we're we're sort of gradually going aging and aging and aging. Mm. But but the reality is that. The loss of that estradiol 
is going to increase the risk of heart disease, osteoporosis, and dementia. And without a more holistic approach as we get into the menopause years and beyond, we place ourselves at more risk. And I think that's so important. Um, to, I mean, having said that, I mean, the way you describe estradiol, estradiol uh, um, or estrogen, to, to use a bigger word, um, the estrogen seems to be this protector. So would it not make sense? Put every woman onto a hormone replacement and not onto estrogen uh, patches? Well, problem solved. You know, the protection continues. <laughs> well, and that, is, and that is a line that has been obviously used by certain clinicians who are paid by large pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> have contracts with them to say things like that. The, re the reality is that the science doesn't quite hold up because the risks of being on estradiol are... Mm. Uh, 10 years after your last period. Okay, so up to then, there may be a case for it. Mm. Puts women at risk of uh, cancers, not and depending on the form you have. Breast cancer was one, but we know that may be less. But there is the risk of um, ovarian cancers, of cervical cancers. Mm. So the, the actual risks increase the longer you are on. Uh, hormone replacement therapy. And so we see very good guidelines that have been updated by the British Menopause Society, by the North American Menopause Society here mm. in Sweden, by the Medicines Organization, very in line that after five years continuous use of hormone replacement therapy, mm. it needs to be significantly reviewed. Mm. And that it is not recommended that any woman over 60 is on this hmm. medication. That is the cut. Now, of course, you could go to a private doctor and do whatever you like. I mean, that's your choice. But if you were to go to anyone else, that is generally the rules that they will uh, follow. They're known okay. as the NICE guidelines in the UK. Yeah. But, they, but they mirror around the world exactly the same. Cool. Hmm. Well, that's, that's good to know. I mean... For for us significant others, um, okay, you have got this this woman who in a moment uh, gives you a kiss, and the next moment pulls the, the scissors out of your <laughs> forehead. Um, so if that is the if that is my life, um, and would I not be forgiven to say, come on, take these patches? Um, what is the reality? If someone has massive mood swings, as an example of a symptom of menopause. Um, Rightly or wrongly, it might be menopause related, might actually be something else. That's another story. But yes. would actually a patch help? It might help if it's combined patch, because a lot of the roller coaster emotion mm -hmm. is coming initially from the loss of progesterone. Mm -hmm. And progesterone is that hormone that regulates our moods. It's why we're very PMSy in the middle of our cycles. Uh, you know, we feel emotions, strong emotions, happy, sad. Progesterone's the real thing. We don't talk about that. And I asked Professor, uh, one of the professors in the US, she's very well known, Geraldine Pryor. I said, why are we always talking about estrogen? And she said, oh, because it was the first one anybody talked about. You know, <laughs> she's a progesterone, world expert in progesterone. And she says, we mustn't forget progesterone. That's right. often, because in the early years that we have this change, it's progesterone that's sinking. Right. 
it's progesterone that's fluctuating and declining very rapidly. Uh-huh. Uh, and that then creates, obviously, shall we call it an imbalance? Because it's a, it's the best way between the estrogen and yeah. progesterone levels. Yeah. And I would say an imbalance. I don't think it's right to call it estrogen dominance because that gives people the sense that estrogen is huge in the body and it's yeah. not any more than it was. Sure. But there is this bigger gap between the two. And and so therefore we're seeing those effects and progesterone impacts our ability to be calm. Mm -hmm. It's a supportive, it operates on amygdalas and the hippocampus in the brain. Mm. So we're more stress reactive. We find it harder to sleep. Yeah. Okay. So if we say that that the risks of a patch of the uh, hormone replacement therapy are mainly related to estrogen, uh, is there other progesterone patches that could be of assistance, maybe with a lesser risk or at least a different risk profile? Well, women are taking progesterone at certain times of the month in different forms and then and then and then estrogen alongside it. So they have a regime of how to take right. the, the 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 two medications together. Right. So essentially, a bit yeah. like the pill um, for anti-contraception. Um, uh, yes. Some of yes. the pills, yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, then coming coming back to the the, the PMS symptoms, uh, so mm-hmm. the uh, premenstrual tension (PMT) or premenstrual yes. symptoms. Yes. Um, yes. So if a woman has a lot of uh, those symptoms in, in the early part of their life, is it then predictable that they also continue with their menopause in a similar Quite way? Possible. Quite possible. Right. Yes. Quite possible um, that they will have a more difficult time. And obviously, depending on what you have, you may notice those changes more strongly. So I think there's, you know, and, uh, and it's good to say, I think that you can't talk about menopause without talking about menstruation, really, because mm. they're all a continuum. Sure. So being kind of connected to the two there is definitely women who have pmdd which is a more serious condition um they will also experience their menopause more intensely so there's a continuum in in this relationship that needs to be looked at and that's why it's very important to talk to women who are 35 who are 30 who are 20 Mm. to start saying are you aware of this are you putting in place strategies that can support you in order that it's going to be an easier ride. I mean, it's a very difficult conversation. Who at 20, 25 wants to talk about the menopause? <laughs> well, since I seemingly have married the full house of PMS and now the menopause, I I strongly suggest that should be put somewhere into the fine print and being not so fine printed. Actually, big, bold letters. <laughs> know about this, yes. Right. Be aware it. Lay your foundations. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> but but who does that? We we are only nowadays coming a little bit more to terms with uh, with the fact that we are we are the product of trauma in our past, the product of our of everything that is is happening to us, and that we often contribute with with yeah. bad nutrition, etc. So all those things are sort of coming together, and it's only nowadays that we sort of start to realize, hey. We can actually do something about it. And I think that is so important. I mean, it is whilst we are, whilst uh, as men in my age group who are often suffering from very similar uh, experiences, 
Yeah. We have, yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone says, oh, it's just this, this, this knowing grin, um, but also a, a feeling of helplessness, of hopelessness, because we have no, no, no way to support our, our gorgeous women. Um, and I think that is the, the key thing where you're coming in, because you're saying really, actually, yes, there are these hormones going, but ultimately, yes, you can do a patch. But that has risks. And by the way, you can't do it more than five years. Um, so what are actually other things that women can do? Are there ways, are there are there natural ways how to maybe even out the hormone imbalances? Absolutely. Well, I think diet is the number one thing. Right. And it always has been. Diet in, in Eastern medicine is at the front and center of therapy. Yeah. Always has been, whether you're Ayurvedic or, or, or Chinese medicine, that is center. And we're sort of learning now mm. um, that diet in the West now has huge implications. Mm. Because, again, there's a hormone link. We had to go back to this one. But we are likely to become more insulin resistant mm. as estrogen declines. So, therefore, we're more at risk and we have to think more about the diet we're having. We have to think about that estrogen changes not just your wrinkles. I mean, this is what happens, you know, because obviously we lose collagen and we mm. lose it, skin and the ability for the water to hold skin and stuff. But that's happening on the inside. That That's happening to your blood vessels too. Your blood vessels don't have the same level of integrity because estrogen is involved mm. in, the, in, in, in maintaining integrity of internal vessels in the body. It's why your pelvic floor starts, you know, declining it's why lots of the inside of you is going on which of course leads to longer term health problems mm. if you don't maintain a good diet and diet is such a great way to start mm. you know and it's and it sounds like you always say the same thing but a plant-based diet is a very good place to start mm. because first and foremost you'll get your coming down from sugar and sugar isn't what we want if we are having mm. all these hormonal changes mm. we know that sugar gets stored as fat in the body when we have a diet that's high. We also know that when we go into, or we don't know, I think this isn't talked about enough, I know, but I know lots of other people don't know, should we say, that when you go through menopause, your gut functions slow down. Mm. So your food is not processed through your gut at the same rate as it was before. Mm. That leads you to be at risk from IBS, other forms of bloating, uh, and a whole host of other issues in the gut. Mm. And women talk about bloating. They talk about IBS-type symptoms, mm. but they don't make the connection, or even people who are, work as nutritionists are not making the connection, if you're just someone doing general nutrition, between hormone changes and what's happening in the gut. But mm. if you have a diet that is rich in fiber, uh, not over the top, but is richer in fiber. Mm. You are obviously moving your digestion more regularly. You are also supporting a healthier gut microbiome. Mm. And your gut microbiome is this wonderful world of billions and trillions of uh, good bacteria that are going to do something fantastic. Mm. They produce serotonin in the gut. Serotonin is very important. It travels to the brain and is your happy hormone. Have mood swings, you want more serotonin. It's yeah. supporting and balancing, and obviously a whole load of other chemicals. Estrogen 
plays a role in serotonin production. People don't realize that either. Mm. So you've got declining estrogen, but you've also got poor gut function. Mm. You're highly likely to be experiencing unpleasant symptoms, but you're also putting at risk your mental health. Plus, an unhealthy gut will put you at risk for things like candida yeast infections, mm. which if you're having a change in estrogen is put you at risk again. And a lot of women will have, you know, cystitis, they'll have candida mm. infections. Mm. And these are related to the interaction between a hormonal change and also a very poor diet. So mm. your diet is a great place to start by um, working. So it Weight management, which is always talked about, is kind of secondary mm. to this. Mm. It's about creating a healthy gut. Mm. And that is where the, the plant-based diet comes in. We need to remember, or you guys out there need to learn, that uh, mm. ultimately this gut microbiome, we are talking about bacteria. And there's all kinds of bacteria in there. And there's a really good bacteria and maybe not so good bacteria in there. And there's a constant fight for life and death. I mean, I mean, this is any blockbuster, forget it. Any CGI in Hollywood, forget it. What is happening right now in your oh, gut. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But... Now, if you think at what these bacteria really need, they don't need sugar. They What they really want is lots and lots of fiber because that's where they really jump down on. And we keep forgetting that. So the highly yeah. processed Western diet is exactly the last thing that your, your gut microbiome actually needs. So that's... Absolutely. So, and that's that's what I didn't really appreciate and for crying out loud, maybe, maybe I have been the victim of, of decades of social engineering by some very clever people who want to get as much sugar and as much fat into me being with the right combination, the bliss point that makes me so, Oh, why can't you never have one chip alone? Yeah. Because it, it, because it is this perfect salty, sugary, yeah. uh, fatty combination with the crunch. <laughs> That's it. People yeah. have perfected that, and that is unfortunately the problem. We are a, a society that jumps onto that with our. We are like sheep following following um, oh, the yeah. the bell to the slaughter, so to speak. Um, so well, yes. I hope therefore, you know, if, if there's, if there's one thing take that you can take away, uh, these, these little spinach leaves. Okay. They're good. <laughs> They're, good. Yeah, exactly. They're good. And we want, and we want to be eating this throughout the day. So, I mean, I, you know, I have clients who come and they have symptoms. They're really tired. They're not mm. sleeping very well. They have maybe bloating, mm. uh, Life just feels tough, you know, mm. hot flashes, the whole lot. And the very first places we just talk about, and we talk about the diet, and I don't make judgment, I just look at it. Mm. And what for a lot of women, there's no breakfast inside them, you know. So we start the we start the day with minus breakfast, you know. Um, and that never starts the day off well. I know yeah. there's all sorts of fad diets, but no, no. sorry, breakfast yeah. is quite fundamental. Oh no, no. But what about <laughs> what about intermittent fasting then? We know fasting is is equally an an uh, a actually very good thing for the gut. Yeah. Um, so how does that work? Because you've got sort of you say you need a breakfast, and then other people say no, 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 you need to fast. What's the story? It's very controversial with respect to menopause. I think the answer is there are some trials going on. 
uh, at the moment uh, with Professor Tim Spector to look at intermittent fasting and menopausal women. There are some people like Dr. Stacey Sims, who's a very leading uh, nutritionist and therapist. I think she's based in New Zealand. She is absolutely adamant that it's the wrong thing to do so Uh there is controversy here Uh um i think that it can be very beneficial um for us at certain times but i think to skip breakfast entirely and run on empty all day, which is much closer to what the women I, you know, meet do, is not the right thing. <laughs> I think there is, there is, a, there, are, and, and there are different types to intermittent fast. You know, we don't all have to be 16, 8, you know, 16 mm. hours of no eating and cram everything into 8. There can mm. be a 12 and 12, which sure. may work better for you. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm. I think that the difficulty is doing it in practice. Mm, if you think absolutely. what people's lives are like, oh. you know, and I can look back to my days in corporate, you know, you arrive in the office at 8, 8.30, you're straight into a meeting, forget intermittent fasting, you're never going mm. to get to that breakfast point at 10, because you're going to be in some <laughs> meeting that you never sure. got to. And then so it becomes coffee on the go, mm. lunch at the desk, yeah. um, you know, a sandwich and something is not actually the best breakfast, the best lunch for you either. Mm, exactly. because it tends to be low on plant-based food by the time you've hit three o'clock you're starving so something yeah. sugary keeps you going and then you come home and you're really tired and it becomes pasta carbonara and a glass of wine all of those things are fatal for the gut microbiome quite mm-hmm. frankly Steph. <laughs> i'm laughing but it, you know but it is you know in that way mm. and so I think to eat well, we have to be more deliberate about it. And that's yeah. where it becomes hard. That's where we have to give people plans to work to that they can exactly. work with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is and less but, liquid food and stuff, you know, that's popular. <laughs> like kind of yeah. oh, liquid food as in Chardonnay or yeah, uh, Pinot no, Gris. liquid food. No, liquid food. Well, that as well. That that doesn't help us at all. <laughs> no, what are you referring to when you say liquid food? smoothies green juicing there's no Mm. fiber in that Mm -hmm. interesting Mm. interesting lots of sugar that's exactly right so and sometimes that is a pitfall that you can go to but i mean everyone says celery juice is so healthy you should have your celery juice every day uh i mean all the the chlorophyll in there all the the green (laughs) stuff magnesium beautiful what about that well i mean it's not bad as an adjunct but it doesn't um you know, really work in the same way. You want fiber in your gut. Mm, So you're much better, you know, a really good breakfast, for example, would be uh, take some kefir and Greek yogurt, mix them together, throw in some berries, Mm. some nuts, and some good seeds like flax seeds. Mm -hmm. They are high in phytoestrogens, which Mm. are nature's estrogens. And they will go into the estrogen receptors, pop in nicely into those little receptors mm. in your body and do the job that they do the same job as HRT. They just don't last as long in the body. And there you are. And then go to lunch, have a uh, salad, throw some edamame beans in, eat some uh, chickpeas, you know, in exactly. your salad and then come to dinner and then have something simple like baked fish mm. or uh, with plenty of vegetables. Mm. And it's it's uh, it sounds ah oh, yeah, yeah, but it is really it is such a fundamental uh, 
habit that you're establishing and we can see it if you do if you have money to burn and actually do every month some really detailed testing of the various markers of inflammation or the markers of your metabolic uh, well-being or not so well-being for that matter um, you will see that a certain uh, not so nice things go down when you actually mm -hmm. adhere to those diets and those things yes. that are maybe really good for you go up so we can measure yes. that but yes. unfortunately it is so much easier to just go for that muffin or that cheesecake or or both Go have a muffin and a cheesecake. You know? <laughs> oh yes, have both. Have both. Have both. Go for both. Why, That's why like go not, for gold. You know? <laughs> and just, uh, uh, we need exactly. to go we need gold. to address it though. We need to be clear that um, we have at any one moment in time we have got a choice. You can either work on your relapse or you work on your recovery. That is as far as addiction is concerned. You yes. work on your mental well-being or you work on your depression. It's your choice. Yeah. Uh, yes. I had I had a guest previously whose uh, title for the show was um, Dementia is a Choice. And that is brutal when you actually think about That's, it. But, but it I is... don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> We can do so much if we actually yeah. just pay attention. So, so we were saying that really that we we are both uh, advocates for functional medicine for going out there and living a life as as good as we can. Yeah. Um, but there are some women who need uh, a gynecologist or a, a, a family physician to be by their side. Which women yes. should definitely. Um, go along that route of a more westernized treatment uh, i.e patches or something similar i think that they can they can be for anybody who's struggling i mean if if you look at the guidelines then they were saying if you have extreme hot flashes and mm. there are women who will have hot flashes for you know, may have up to 30 episodes a day. I mean, that's mm. not possible. Or you're mm. drenched in sweat every single night and you're having mm. to get up. And, and we're not talking about I'm a bit hot. We're talking about I have to change all the bed clothes, all my mm. clothes, and, exactly. and then try and get back to sleep. That's a different thing. And we know that hormone replacement therapy, if we look at the guidelines, vasomotor issues are primary usage. Okay. Tick. If you can't sleep to the point that it is just crippling, then hormone placement therapy may help you to get back on track alongside mm. other things. So the guidelines from a Western medicine perspective recommend cognitive behavioral therapy, but I think you could practice mindfulness or whatever else you wanted mm. to do to recorrect that. Mm. If you are at real risk of osteoporosis and it is in your genes and it is clear then hormone replacement therapy will help to maintain your bone strength and density. Mm. Yeah. Those things are, are totally clear. Mm. And if you have experienced extreme depression, anxiety, you are bipolar or you are diagnosed with a schizophrenic disorder, that is not an option for you to go it on your own. And for some of the women with severe mental health issues, they may need specialised psychiatric care, mm. Um, and people like, for example, Dr. Luanne Brizendine, who's a very well-known women's psychiatrist, she talks about microdosing HRT for her psychiatric patients. She doesn't go for it. She microdoses it till mm. she finds a dose that works with them alongside their other medication. 
And I was about to say, I mean, is it then not also logical to say, okay, if the mood swings, for example, are a predominant uh, something that is just about destroying a marriage, are there uh, psychoactive substances that we should consider? Should such a woman be on fluoxetine or any kind of other serotonin reuptake inhibitors, for example, would something like that be of help? Yes, of course. I mean, I think that the sort of it, it's never as cut and dried because we're individuals. Mm. So the answer is for some women, that is not an option for them not to be on that. Mm. It do, and I think where the problem has come in the popular narrative has been, oh, well, he gave me antidepressants, the doctor did, because I came with menopause symptoms. Well, that's wrong, too. Mm. But it doesn't say if you're a, you're a mental health patient that you shouldn't be. Your mm. medication has to be right for you, and it has to mm. be a combined medication, and it requires an expert. Mm. I think one of an interesting conversation I had with Professor Joyce Harper, who's head of reproductive uh, science at University College London. She was one of the guests of my podcast. She said, well, really, your mainstream GP shouldn't be in control of this medication at all, in her opinion. She said, because they really don't have sufficient knowledge about the interactive medications and how things are supposed to work together. You should yeah. go to someone who's a specialist. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually, um, especially yeah. in the in the light of newer developments, newer understandings. Um, uh, take you were saying earlier on the flaxseed. Um, we yeah. know that that two uh, tablespoons of flaxseed uh, in the morning and the evening is probably a pretty good thing to deal with some of the nasty versions of cholesterol. Um, it is yeah. actually an example where where the inter by using something that is very simple where you don't make much money out of it as a, as a big pharma industry, um, you can actually help with your cardiometabolic syndrome um, and on the, on the other side, equally with your menopause and probably with a number of other things that we haven't even mentioned <laughs> exactly. about. Okay, Exactly, exactly. So I think sometimes what we're seeing is good diet, mm. uh, the right kind of exercise for you at whatever time you're at. Um, mm. Those are fundamentals of life. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, and we need to move. We can't not move. You know, mm. we're we're getting stiffer. We're not getting younger. Mm. And we know that loss of estrogen leads to um, a loss of muscle mass. But we're all aging. So that happens with men, too. Just mm. can happen at a faster rate because yeah. of the estrogen decline. Yeah. So we need to be doing strength exercises. Indeed. And we need to be moving. And if mm. we feel really fatigued and exhausted, then don't try and do, you know, seven hit ex exercises in a row every day. Mm. You know, maybe more gentle yoga is the right for mm. you. So I think there's a lot about movement mm. and diet yeah. and ma and of course there's a huge amount of managing stress because stress mm. is just sure. a big factor in here too. So good living can get the majority of women big steps forward. The Absolutely. difficulty is that this is not what women are doing. <laughs> very true very true so 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 we have the chicken and egg and then we have the come mm. to the doctors give me a tablet because mm. that'll fix yeah. things but i don't want to do the other stuff <laughs> or i can't do the other stuff because let's say it clearly yeah. um there is uh, there uh, to go to a gym well there is gym membership and there are enough people around us who can barely put food on the table and maybe yeah, they absolutely. only get the cheapest white bread that they possibly yeah. can do because yeah. either that or nothing so yeah, let's not be silly true. there i mean no, luckily no, no that's true 
It, yeah. We are lucky in, in some parts of the world because the Korean prescription is actually something that has been coming in and out of favor here in New Zealand, where the GP can actually prescribe you to go to the gym or prescribe you a exercise program ah, yes. that you don't actually yes. have to pay for, but it's paid for by the state, so to speak. And and that is a beautiful yes. thing. Uh, but that's yeah. not, not necessarily everywhere and easily accessible uh, but i think it is it's well worthwhile for you if you're struggling with money then to actually do a visit to your family physician or gp and actually just mm -hmm. address those things and actually say yes. look are there things what can i do what can, where can i yeah. tap into yeah. a system yes. you might be amazed what kind of people are out there um to that are willing and are there to help you and make you help you to become the better person that you deserve to be absolutely and i think that's that's a really valid point in here and i know there was a comment made at a food bank where you you have to be posh to have menopause <laughs> you know, oh, wow. like, you okay. know wow, that's quite that's quite a comment. But 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 wow. but you know, at the same time, we can look at walking. Yeah. Walking is a is is a place we can start, you know. Absolutely. It is it's free. Um yeah. there's if we have the ability to get onto YouTube, mm. there are some good free lessons on there that we might Absolutely. be able to to take uh Absolutely. that don't require you with special gym clothes or mm. gym membership. Mm. Um, we mm. can swap a white bread and probably eat less of the brown mm. or okay. yeah. swap a, a takeaway meal for something simpler. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's obviously issues with people's culinary ability mm. and mm. all of those things, but there are better choices that people can make that are not going to drive up the costs as much. Absolutely. On the contrary, then there's so many ways of, of addressing that by connecting with others. Um, for example, if you all want some rice, well, why don't you go to a, a wholesale and get some brown rice um, as, uh, as a big sack and then divvy it up yeah. amongst 10 families? Well, that would be a way how you save money. Plus, you get a better quality rice uh, if you end up with a less less load on your insulin, less load on your on your on your uh, system. Absolutely. So, yeah. There are there, but it it it's not a quick fix. You can't just give someone yeah. a tablet or a patch or something like that. Yeah. It takes yeah. a bit of of yeah preparation, thinking. But I think that if you guys feel that you're hopeless and helpless out there, uh, either as significant others of a woman with with menopausal symptoms, or if you are the woman here listening with bated mm. breath, oh, God, hey, this is really good shit here. Um, there is there is help out there. There's hope out there. There um, is. And I mean, we have talked about the the importance of the exercise, the importance of nutrition, hydration, sleep. Um, all those things are feeding off each other and are integrating each other. We we talked a bit about the HRT, um, that there is a place for some women and and yes. place uh, and maybe some risks there as well. What else do we need to keep in mind? If we, uh, let's say you have got a, a woman who is really focused on her body, she is going to the gym. She is actually eating healthy. 
she is only the odd the odd splurge here and there barely any alcohol once for her for christmas and once for her birthday um she's living a good life but still yeah. comes with menopausal symptoms from hell um what would you tell such a woman what are, what are there other factors out there that we haven't talked about well i think some of the factors may well be is it all menopause Ooh, nice. Is it is it your is it your is it your thyroid? Mm. Mm. Of course, important organ, and Absolutely. many of the symptoms that we see show up as menopausal symptoms are thyroid issues. Mm. And I would be, I'm very keen that women should have a full examination. Mm. Now, there's not a test for menopause, so I'm I'm always saying there is no test because your hormones do this the whole time. Mm. So they're fluctuating. So you might be here and they say you're not menopausal, but mm. go and have a full range of tests. Mm. You should be looking at your thyroid and have all four of the key thyroid tests that are available to you, mm. because that may be a, a particular part of where you are. If you mm. need HRT, you may need to have a different conversation with a specialist that may help. You may need to look at other things. Is it DHEA levels? Have you got that? out of the box cortisol levels that need some support as well all of these things you need mm. to have tests for mm. and i would say then it is could it be some other part of your body that isn't working mm. right mm. you know yeah exactly. because it's then not just your menopausal symptom you're doing everything right and you're still struggling mm. then it's time to dig deeper mm. that's really good but it's also let's not forget that you can have um two three four problems at the same time you could have of course your menopause happening because it's part yeah. of your transformation as a woman um and you could have a problem with iron deficiency let's say from the gut plus you have got any other issues happening and so on added together yeah. it's a really confusing picture <laughs> but that's but that's where what we are here for that's why um a good doctor will be by your side And that's where your yes. family physician and the GP comes in, because those are like the yes. conductors in an orchestra. Yes. So they are the yes. center, they're by your side. And then they say, okay, we found that it's a bit dodgy. Let's send you to that specialist. But exactly. So the, the, the guidance comes back. And then as a team, you and your GP work together and actually create a plan that yeah. you can follow that you implement yes. and if everything goes smooth cool i see you in six months if things don't go so well i see you in two months or in a month so again individualize yeah. it and actually work with what you are given because there might be very much the input of a psychologist be part and yes. parcel of it because it's the Absolutely. first time it's the first time that you deal with those those things that you have pushed down and yeah. pushed away um yeah. One in three women in the United States uh, and probably in many parts of the Western world have been raped or sexually abused. One in yes. seven men. Yes. All that yes. doesn't just disappear and go poof. No. And... So, okay. It comes to the surface. It comes to the surface. And I think there may be a case for working with conventional and a really good support mechanism in mm. terms of a holistic. Mm. We know now that things like acupuncture can yeah. be incredibly helpful right. alongside yeah. that to get to some root causes. You may 
need to, so we know that mm. that can happen that those two things could come together you're right psychological help can be involved mm. um if you're doing all the good stuff yourself maybe you need to see a functional nutritionist mm. because maybe there is a real deficiency in there that you're not aware of mm. exactly. so i think it's about and again that's harder if you're not economically able mm. but and and because services are hard but if you have the resources then this you may have to put together a more a suite or maybe a continuation of different aspects of help and support mm. that get you um, mm. to where you need to be. And it's also important to remember this does pass. It does eventually pass. A lot of the <laughs> menopause symptoms will, will disappear um, after the years. And, and we do know that women feel a lot better quite, mm. quite suddenly in terms of the roller coaster. Right. We're still going through phenomenal change because even if our menstruation is over, we're still going through a lot of, of hormonal mm. change, but it's not as mm. as chaotic. It becomes a bit from a roller coaster to this nice calm sort of sea where mm. we can gradually accept and allow the remaining mm. changes. And then we're aging after that. Mm. So, I mean, it may also be that there's fear of aging and tied, mm. tied up in all of this too. Mm. Oh, absolutely. But again, this is this is something where we as a society need to implement uh, better better ways of supporting each other. Um, just because there is a number associated with your body at the moment, uh, it's called age. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, the next fifty years going to be exciting for me. Um, exactly. I'm, I know it is because <laughs> we are learning all these kind of things that we are that we can do to help our body and maintain our body at peak level. I mean, how beautiful is that? So no, this is this is exciting. This is exciting. It is. It is. <laughs> We're starting to say, well, I can do lots of things, and I think it's a great time to sit yeah. back and say, actually, do I want to keep living the way I've been living? You know, once we're sort of 50, 55, if we have a family, they're pretty much out the door at 55. Mm. Sure. Uh, and we can stand back and we say, do I really want to do the job I'm doing? Is this still giving me the, the thing at fi uh, in our 50s? Do I really want to do another 15 plus years of this job? Yeah. Or do I want to do something different? Uh, what are my relationships like? Are they working for me? Do we need to have some conversations? It doesn't, and I would never say this means you have to end your relationship, but it may need that you need to have a different type of conversation around your relationship so that you're nurtured and supported in the right way. Mm. What's my, what are my interests? Do I, do I like the job I do, but I don't have a lot of interest in hobbies? Are the things that I've put on the back burner mm. for all these years and maybe I'd like to go mm. back. We see, I see people doing phenomenal things, phenomenal stuff, you know, traveling places, starting Absolutely. blogs, writing books. All of these things are possible for us to do yeah. that, that we can begin to take up and create a life that makes us great. I always think the Blue Zone study is a wonderful example of people living well into their 80s and 90s through diet and exercise, but a lot of it was social connection and having mm. purpose. Mm. And I think a lot of us trudge through those years. We don't have purpose because we get focused and tied into our oh, families and costs and mortgages and this and that. And it's about maybe having time to reframe, actually, what is it I want to do? I love it. 
absolutely love it. Uh, and yeah, it is, there is a life waiting for us out there. And we, maybe women should consider the menopause as a, as a kind of a bell ringing, but not the bell of, oh my God, I'm losing my, my <laughs> womanhood. No, you're like a wake up call. Maybe the alarm going and say, okay, you've, you've come on. You've been 40 years now in your job, in your, at home, you have done all these roles. And maybe is it time to just step off your hamster wheel for a moment and actually think what, what's going on? Um, yeah. So maybe look at it positively from that point of view. If we have the mindful approach to to actually say, okay, um, does that life that I've been living for 40 years, does that still suit me? Or is it time for, yeah. uh, for, for a little rethink and uh, learning new behaviors that maybe set me up in a much better way from now on forward? I totally, I mean, that's totally part of anything that, that we want to do with it. It's how I work with people that mm. yes, you fix bodies, but you also need to work with life. Mm. You, who are you? What do you want? What's the spirit in you want? Mm. Are you doing things that you enjoy? Because if there's no joy, we're, we're never going to stick on the <laughs> diet or the exercise. <laughs> exactly. We're never going to do any of those things. Exactly. But we we are also just dying a little bit of us if we have no joy and and what that looks like for you looks different for everybody so there's not a blueprint mm. you know it doesn't all mean downsize to a small apartment get rid of your husband and or <laughs> partner and you know yeah, whatever no. it doesn't mean that at all it just no. means com some completely different things for each and every one of us absolutely and you know, I think there are lots of people out there who make great role models for people in their 60s and 70s Absolutely. who we should be putting forward. They're yeah. not celebrities. They're ordinary, everyday people who are doing yeah. amazing, amazing mm. stuff yeah. that, that's bringing them joy and doing other things for other people. I think community is a big part of what we can be involved in too. Mm. So true. So true. Oh, I love the passion in your voice. I love the passion in your eyes. Um, that twinkle there. It's that's exactly uh, the way I want to live. And what I that's why I get up in the morning. I want to do my show here because I can bring people like you on who who are so steadfast in their approach. And guess what, guys out there? It is it's not easy to to follow all that or to do all that. And are we sometimes relapsing or are we sometimes tired and, and going for a fast food? Of course we do. Um, but we always know that there are choices. And once you've got that privilege of choice, then you might actually say, well, actually, no, I want to now have a glass of water and I will actually have something really nice. Um, and I will actually take a time to to prepare myself something. And you might be amazed because it only takes you 10 minutes, but you have done it yourself and you've got done this this lovely, I don't know, maybe uh, some nice salmon on, on some salad there. And your mouth goes watery already because you think, wow, that tastes good. It's good for me. You've you've achieved something. You thought, wow, I did that. And it's oh, so when you add it up, there's so many benefits from a little thing where you took control and where you made the right choice for yourself. Wow. How beautiful is exactly. that? Exactly. 
It's beautiful and simple to do and simple to do. We don't celebrate those small steps that lead to big change. You know, that (laughs) is what we need to do. Yeah. So be inspired, be inspired and do small things. Yeah, absolutely. Clarissa, oh, you're a wonderful woman. Uh, I always get so much joy out of uh, out of our in, uh, communications and and, and just chatting. Um, Clarissa, if if people want to know more about you, where can they find you? It's a good place to go to my website, which is my name, clarissachristiansen.com. And you get a good sense of what I work with, how I think, uh, things you can join in. Because I have classes from classes that that are free to working with me personally. So there's a range there for everyone who wants to learn more, live more holistically. I'm on Instagram mainly. That's my main social handle, which I think Stefan will put that Instagram thriving through menopause or listen to my podcast cast thriving through menopause where i interview lots of amazing menopause sort of experts with a holistic view on the world and women who have incredible stories of turning their lives around too uh and just be inspired beautiful and guys don't forget it's all down there in the description of the youtube video of the podcast um it is uh, it's all there what have you got to lose um, if you want to know more, if you want to to explore this opportunity a bit more, it's all there. Ah, oh, Clarissa, I sent you all my love here from New Zealand all the way to Sweden. Um, I uh, I know this is not the last time that we two uh, work together. This is we need to bring that message out there that we that there is hope that there's help out there. That's that's what both of our our podcasts are really all about. So that's yeah. wonderful. So thank you very much for coming as a guest on my show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure as always <laughs> to be here. Perfect. <laughs> and you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. <laughs> I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.